الحمد لله الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فيا عباد الله اتقوا الله تعالى هفتقوا بالله هفير بالله because the best provision that you can have in this life is not wealth, it is not money, it isn't your houses, it isn't power, it isn't honor and dignity, but rather the best provision that you can have in this life is taqwa. Ayyuhal Muslimun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has said in his book, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, O you who believe, استجيبوا لله وللرسول إذا دعاكم لما يحييكم. O you who believe, respond to Allah and His Messenger when they invite you to what gives you life. My brothers, may Allah bless you all. The life of the human being, it is successful. The life of the human being is a real life, a true life. When he listens to Allah, he listens to the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, and he gives precedence to what they say over and above anything and everyone else's statement. The one to whom it is said at the point of death, come out, O peaceful soul, come out, O tranquil soul, who is that person? Who is that tranquil soul? It is the one that responded to Allah and His Messenger. The one to whom it is said at the point of death, Come out, O vile, wretched soul. Come out to the anger of Allah. Come out to the wrath of Allah. Who is this soul? It is the soul that chose to go against the Messenger والسلام, after the truth was made clear to him. The one that chose to go against the statements of Allah and the statements of his Messenger The companions عليهم, they were the most keen of people in responding to the Messenger and not turning away from anything that he says. Even in the most smallest affairs. Why does Allah say in the book, Radiallahu anhum wa radu anhu, that Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with him? Why does Allah say that about the companions? Because they responded totally and completely to Allah and his messenger. Even in the small affairs, the Messenger والسلام, is reading Salah. And he takes his shoes off in Salah. But he did that for a reason because Jibreel came to him and told him that there was Adha, there was Najasa on his footwear. But the companions, because they were a people that would never ever hesitate in answering the Prophet وسلم, part and parcel of that attitude of theirs, was that on that occasion when they saw him take his footwear off, they in Salah took their footwear off 
as well. Why? Because of how much they wanted to respond to the Messenger and because of how faithful they were. That if they go against the statements of the Messenger then this can lead to my destruction. The companions, they read the book of Allah and they allowed what they read of the book of Allah to have an impact upon their hearts. They read the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal when he said in his book, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةً أو يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Let those be warned. Let who be warned? Let those be warned who oppose his command. Whose command is Allah talking about? The command of the messenger. Let those people be warned who go against the command of the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam that a fitna may strike them, a trial, a tribulation may strike them or that they may be afflicted with a painful torment. The companions, they would read this. They would think about this. It would have an impact upon their hearts. It would have an impact upon their lives. And thus they were very, very cautious against contending against the statement of the Messenger Think about that famous example of Ibn, Ibn Abbas When it was said to him, but Abu Bakr say this and Umar say this. He is saying the Messenger says such and such. And then it is being said to him, but Abu Bakr say this though. Umar, they say this though. So Ibn Abbas, he says, Tushiku al-hijara min as-sama. I fear that hijara, that hijara, that stones, they are going to descend upon you from the heavens. Aqulu qala al-rasoolu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Watakuluna qala Abu Bakr wa Umar. He says, I say to you that the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam said such and such. And then in contrast to that, you say Abu Bakr and Umar, they say this and they say that in contrast to what I say. I fear that Allah is going to send stones from the heavens descending upon you for saying this. This is the amount of fear that they had of contending against the statement of the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam. Sheikh Abdul Aziz. Ibn Ubaz rahimahullah ta'ala He said concerning this The statement of Ibn Abbas And similar statements to this He said وَمَعْنَا هَذَا أَنَّ الْعَبْدِ يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ الْإِنْقِيَادَ التَّامِ لِقَوْلِ النَّبِيِّ لِقَوْلِ اللَّهِ وَلِقَوْلِ رَسُولِهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمِ The meaning of this statement of Ibn Abbas What we get from it is this That the slave of Allah Me and you we are obligated to have complete surrender to whatever Allah says. We are commanded to have complete surrender to whatever the Messenger says. And that we give precedence to the statement of Allah and His Messenger over the statement of anybody else. Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen, rahimahullah ta'ala, he likewise said, لا يجوز لأحد من الناس أن يعارض كلام الرسول بكلام أي أحد. It is not allowed for a person to get someone else's statement and then 
put it against the statement of the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam. It is not allowed for anybody to be, that he knows clearly this is what the Messenger has, has said and then he gets the statement of someone else and contradicts the statement of the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam with that statement. He said, he continues to say, La bi kalam Abi Bakr wa huwa afdal hadhihi al-umma ba'da nabiha alayhi salatu wasalam. You can't do that with the statement of Abu Bakr, even though he is the best of this ummah after the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam. Nor of Umar, nor with the statement of Uthman, nor with the statement of Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhum. And then the, st and then the Shaykh, he said, because Allah jalla wa ala has said in his book, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةِ أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Let those be warned who go against the command of the messenger, that a fitna should strike them, a trial should strike them, a tribulation should strike them, or that they become afflicted with a painful torment. Imam Ahmad rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, عَجِبْتُ بِقَوْمٍ يَعْرِفُونَ الْإِسْنَادِ وَصِحَّتَهُ فَيَذْهَبُونَ لِرَأِي سُفْيَانِ Imam Ahmad, he said, I'm astounded with a people who know, who know the isnad, they know the chain of narration, and they know its authenticity. Meaning, I am amazed and astounded with a people who know the authenticity of a hadith, of a statement of the Messenger, yet in spite of that, they go to the opinion of Sufyan, one of the great imams of the past, Sufyan al-Thawri. Imam Ahmad, he said this, and then he said, because Allah, <coughs> because Allah Jalla wa Ala has said in his book, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةِ أو يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ I'm astounded with this because Allah has said in the book, let them be warned, those who go against the statement of the Prophet, that they become afflicted with a fitna, with a trial, or that they become struck with a painful punishment. Imam Ahmadi then continues to go on to say, he said, fitna? Do you know what al-fitna is? People who go against the command of the messenger, Allah has threatened them that they will be struck with a fitna perhaps. Imam Ahmad, he says, do you know what this fitna is? Al-fitna, al-shirk. Imam Ahmad, he said, al-fitna here, in this ayah, in this context, it is shirk, worshipping something besides Allah. Disbelief in Allah and the deen of Allah. These are the consequences that can occur by going against the statement of Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam. Think about the statement of Imam al-Barwahari rahimahullah ta'ala. When he said, he said, وَحْذُرْ سِغَارْ الْمُحْدَثَاتِ فِي الْأُمُورِ be careful, be aware, be cautious, be on guard against the small newly matters, newly introduced matters, the small innovations. Because the small innovations, they grow. They grow until they become something big. 
And how true is the statement of this Imam? How true it is and how we have seen it with our own eyes. People who initially started with small, seemingly small forms of misguidance. And now today they are making major statements. An individual, for example, in the 90s. In the 90s he was making statements that some of us may call small deviations, even though they were big. Making tanaqqus of the ulama, belittling the ulama. An individual who was praising the leaders of innovation in the 90s. Small innovation, some of us may say. Just praising some of the leaders of Ahlul Bid'ah and making tanaqtus of the ulama, belittling the ulama, belittling the scholars. That is how he started off in the 90s and have been the backdrop of all of this, the statement of Imam al-Barbahari. Be careful of the small innovations, they lead you to big innovations. This man starts off like this in the 90s. Then comes the 2000s where he has a pact, an agreement with the different groups and the different deviated factions, the different people from the people of innovation, let's sign an agreement that we'll be good and kind with each other. Yani we won't, we won't refute each other. Big innovation this. But then, in the 2010s, now he starts to join hands with the Rafida Shia, those who curse the companions, those who curse our mother, Ummul Mu'mineen, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala, and her making excuses for the Rafida Shia, and waging war against Ahlul Sunnah. And now, in the 2020s, what is this person saying? He's saying that worshipping the dead that are in their graves, it is not shirk. Worshipping, calling upon, saying, Ya Badawi, help me. Ya Zainab, help me. Ya Rasulullah, help me. Saying this, he says, it is not it is not shirk. How did this person start off? Did he start off as a quburi? No. He started off as a person with these small deviations. Belittling the ulama. And praising the heads of innovation. And now you find him doing what? Saying that calling upon the dead, it is not shirk. Even though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has said in his book, وَمَنْ يَدْعُ مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَهًا آخر. Allah has said, whoever makes dua to a God other than Allah, having no proof for it, then his reckoning is going to be with Allah. Indeed, the disbelievers are not going to be successful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made these things clear and plain in the Quran that the disbelievers invoke their idols because they thought that these idols are going to intercede on their behalf to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calling upon them at the same time saying that Allah sends down the rain Allah brings the vegetation upon the earth but we only worship the idols to get us closer to Allah and now this individual this individual who 20, 30 years ago began with small innovations, now he's legitimizing shirk. أقول قولي هذا أستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم
الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فيا عباد الله A person may say that what is the route that a person should take to be saved from this? Perhaps the person who has deviated to such an extent, uh, he was a person that had no knowledge. La, this person knowledge. And these are the things that scares the believer. This person wasn't a jahil. The one that is saying that calling upon the dead is not shirk, is not a jahil. Somebody who studied, somebody who at one point was translating the books of Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab. Somebody who studied in the Jami' al-Islami in al-Madinah. Somebody who has with him ilm al-Hadith, has a master's in Aqeedah. Yet at the same time, now we see this person having deviated so far that he's legitimizing shirk. So it is not a lack of ilm that has led this person to becoming misguided. La. It isn't a lack of intelligence. No, this person has dhaka, has intelligence. It isn't a lack of intelligence that has caused him to become misguided. What is the thing that causes a person to become misguided? If a person is knowledgeable, a person memorizes, a person's intelligent, a person's eloquent, a person, you may say, how can he become misguided? He's knowledgeable. He has knowledge with him. He's eloquent. Look at him when he speaks. He's so eloquent. He can present his case so well. The reason behind a person being misguided is not because of a lack of dhaka. Not because of a lack of dhaka, of intelligence. No. Rather, it's because of a lack of zaka. A lack of purification of the soul. The soul should be purified with ikhlas, with sincerity to Allah. The soul should be purified with muraqabah of Allah, conscious that Allah is watching you. The soul should be purified with al-istijabah liqawlillahi wa liqawlil rasul, answering Allah, answering the statements of Allah, having complete surrender to the statements of the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, and not contending against it. The soul that has zakah, the soul that has purity, purification, that is the soul that is saved. In fact, the one that has zakah, has intelligence, but doesn't have zakah, doesn't have purity, then that intelligence is going to be the first thing that leads him to being destroyed. Therefore, I reprimand myself, I caution myself, I remind myself and then my Dear and beloved brothers, that upon us is to be sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Respond to the statement of Allah. Respond to the statement of the Messenger alayhi salatu was salam. You should take the path of the truth as Fudayl ibn Iyad. He said, And don't, don't be bothered about the few people that are with you following the truth. وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَطُرُقُ الْبَاطِلِ Fudayl ibn Iyadi says, and be careful of the paths to falsehood. وَلَا يَغَرَّنَّكَ كَثْرَةُ الْهَالِكِ And don't become affected by the abundance of the people that are destroyed.
following the path of misguidance. Allahumma aati nufusana taqwaha wa zakkiha anta khayru man zakkaha anta waliyuha wa maulaha. O Allah, grant our souls its taqwa and purify our souls. You are the best of those who purify. You are the master of our souls. You are the chief of our souls. You are the controller of our souls. Ya muqallib al-qulub, thabbit qulubana ala deenik. O you who changes the hearts, make our hearts firm upon, your, upon, upon the truth. Because the heart, Ya Abdullah, the heart, it can easily change. Imam al-Hasan al-Basri, he said that the heart, it loses control more than a feather loses control in a stormy weather. Get a feather, put the feather outside when the weather is really, really stormy and then look at the feather. Do you think the feather is going to stay there? No, the feather is going to go and blow away. Your heart is more susceptible to changing and losing control than that feather on that stormy day. And therefore, the only thing that can keep your heart firmly established is by you reminding yourself and you reprimanding yourself and you asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep that heart of yours firm, keep it sincere, keep it firm until you meet him.